I'm really excited. This whole series that Pastor Jose has been doing, Chasing Lions, I'm telling you, go back, listen to it. It is amazing. And I'm going to do just a little recap of, that's the word I was looking for first service. I couldn't get it. Well, recap. Got it now. So recap of what Pastor has been, to, you know, talking about. And he's been leading us in studying aspects of, um, from the lives of some of King David's mightiest men. And I like this. I was sharing for service. Anybody like a good movie, like a 300, like a war? See, this is the right crowd. They were like, nah. Like, yeah, right? Like, you're there, and it's like the army's coming, and you're about to charge them. And doesn't it make you encouraged? And see, you should have been here for service. I needed you. <laughs> they were looking at me like, it's too early for this now. I'm like, don't you like 300? Yeah, let's go, you know? <laughs> I love those movies. Anyway, I really like them. So we've been learning how these men applied the might of God, not, not their might, the might of God, which is important, within to overcome the obstacles without, the ones that were around them, okay? These were men of great faith. We could learn some things. A faith that fueled great courage and produced power in them to win. See, you have power within you to win. You have power. I like to remind you of that every time. You have power within you to win. You can win like them too if you follow their example. Can I say something to both of you? I just can't stop. I have to. So I have to stop right now. Listen, God is faithful. He's faithful. That dream that you have, it will come to pass. He's faithful. That promise that you're holding on to, it's going to come to pass. You just stay focused, and, and he's faithful. So I, I don't know. I was back there. I was praising, and I saw you. Then I came here, and it's like, Holy Spirit is like, tell them. Tell them. Like, I got to preach. Tell them. I'm telling you, I'm being obedient. God is faithful. Don't give up. Stay focused. Amen? All right. I love when God does that because he's awesome. All right, all right, all right. So you can win if you follow their example. So week one, recap. You must be courageous when faced with the obstacles by facing them. You must be courageous when faced with obstacles by facing them. You got to face them. Come on. There's no hiding under a bushel. There's no Face them with the courage that God has given you. Week two, in every challenge there exists an opportunity that we must seize so we can overcome seize the opportunities don't let them by you know this opportunity that came for pastor jose he could have easily just been like oh well i just got out the hospital blah, 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 you know. no he seized it he's like all right what do you want me to do god i'm going okay week three it takes faithfulness remember that one that that was last it takes faithful it takes faith to believe in god but it takes faithfulness to live in his purposes Remaining faithful. And today, my, what I'm going to share with you is week four, fix your focus. Fix your focus. A lot of stuff is happening right now. A lot of people calling the church. A lot of people going through some stuff. And, and, and I understand those things. I'm not negating them. But at the end of the day, you have to get back to center. Okay? So I'm going to say this line. We got it right this time. And... um. I just want you to kind of meditate on this, and then I'm going to get back to it. Ready? Eternal success is worth more than temporary success. Now, chew on that a little bit. And I'm going to explain that in a minute. <laughs> Eternal success is worth more 
than temporary success. Most people want the instant gratification now, but the eternal is greater. But I'm not going to get into it now because I, I have to... I have to preach this and then I'll get into that. Okay. So let's look at King David for a moment, who was the mightiest man among his, you know, the crew that he was with. Let's look at a time where even he lost sight of his assignment for a moment and how he redirected himself to what, what, to what was most important. And that happens to all of us. You, Pastor? Yes, the pastors too. We can lose focus. We can lo lose sight of what God said. Okay? So let's look at 2 Samuel chapter 23, verses 13 through 17. Now I know you, have, you guys have it here. But can you start maybe putting it on your phone, getting in the habit of writing it down so that you can go back later and hear it and read it and, you know, just take out what God really wants to speak to you. I think we're missing that in the church these days with all the technology. Technology is great. Love it. You know, great. Like it. But there's also an aspect of writing it down for yourself, making it plain. So here's what the word says. During harvest time, three of the 30 chief warriors came to David at the cave of Adullam. While a band of Philistines, that's the enemy, was encamped in the valley of Rephaim. Rephaim. See, I got to give you some, like, some drama to this. That's how you should read the word. It makes it more interesting. Because now you're like, during harvest time, during the other chief. No, read it like, yeah, and they were there, and ooh, they're camped, right? Okay? And at that time, David was in the stronghold. He was in that cave. And the Philistines, they were in the garrison, at, at, um, was at, which was at Bethlehem. And David longed for water and said, oh, that someone would get me water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem. So he just said it. So three mighty warriors broke through the Philistines' lines, <laughs> drew water from the well near the gate of Bethlehem, and carried it back to David. Now that's honor. But he refused to drink it. Oh, dun, dun, dun. Instead, he poured it out before the Lord. For oh, She says, far be it from me, Lord, to do this, he said. It, is it not the blood of men who went at the risk of their lives? And David would not drink it. Such were the exploits of the three mighty warriors. Now, I know what you're thinking. What is wrong with David? These guys just went over there to get him this water. How dare he do that? What is up with him? Right? And we get like that because imagine a, a boss, a husband, a leader, a pastor, and we say something or they say something and all of a sudden you bring that to them and they're like, Beep, don't want it. Oh, the ego, the pride, all right? But we can learn from him, so don't get mad at David. You're going to learn something today. There's, there's nothing is in here just for nothing. There's, there's a lesson to be learned. What he did was necessary in order to live out of the strength and might of God and fulfill God's good plans. It may not seem like it, but let me show you how. So let me recap a little bit. In these verses, we find King David against the ropes. Philistines are near, and their aim is to destroy. Now, I want you to all hear this. Just like David, sometimes we find ourselves against the ropes. We have an enemy who does not like us. We have an enemy in this world who is against us. And he is trying to destroy your life. 
And I'm talking to teenagers, children. Like, he, he does not want to. He does not want you to know God. He does not want you to know God's truth. He does not. He, I mean, he definitely doesn't want you to know the truth because the Bible says the truth will set you free. He doesn't want you to know that. He wants you to stay ignorant, blinded to God's word because he wants to kill and steal and destroy you. He doesn't want to fulfill your God destiny, your God assignment. Come on. He wants to take from you. So while David sat in the cave, David had a nostalgic longing for a taste of water from a well near his boyhood home, which was in Bethlehem. And in response, his three mightiest men, they hear that, and, and you know, they're valiant, and, and they had valor. And, and they went near, um, near Bethlehem and broke through the lines. And literally, when you read this and you dig in, it says this. They ripped open and tore to pieces the Philistines, to en- and they engaged them in battle for water. Imagine if it was anything else. Like, these guys were like, hmm. Now, upon their return, we see that when they brought David the water, he refused it. Why did David do that? I am so glad you asked. I'm going to give you the answer. David realized something that we even sometimes miss when we find ourselves against the rope. Because we find ourselves against the rope, we lose focus. We start focusing on what's happening instead of the one who can help us through this. Come on, been there, done that. Been there, I'll tell on myself. You start looking, and now I'm against the ropes. And, and, but this is what David realized. Eternal success is worth more than temporary success. David refused to drink the water offered to him because of how it, was, it had been obtained. In our lives, we sometimes care more about our comforts, like the cup of water, temporary, then we do God's plan and purposes, eternal. We care more about how comfortable, how great God, no, 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 everything but that area, everything but this, oh, no, 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 I can't serve any more than that, oh, no, 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 I can't do more than one sum, oh, no, 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 I can't, you know, we put a bunch of excuses, and it's, and it's really excuses because of our comfort. Nothing wrong, just change it. See, David was in a season of war. He was on assignment from God. Can I tell you this? You are on assignment from God. I know some of you don't believe this, but listen, once you gave your heart to the Lord, you've been recruited. Amen. You are in the army of the Lord, they say. And we are on assignment. What is the assignment? We're going to get to that. And, and, the, and how the assignment looks is different for all of us. But you are on assignment, okay? Nevertheless. So he was on assignment from God, but he allowed his thoughts to wander and long for something that was not important in the moment. And he put his men's lives at risk for it. Again, nothing wrong with dreaming, nothing wrong with longing, but you must consider if it is the appropriate if it's appropriate in the current season you find yourself in. In light of, day, in light of all this, even all, you know, all this, David was so honored by the self-sacrifice of these three men, he felt he was too good, it was too good for him, the water. And because of it, you know, because you know, he said, man, I lost my focus. I, I am not deserving of this water. 
So instead, he concluded that the water was worthy to be poured out into sac- um, poured out and sacrificed to the Lord. Now you understand why he poured it out? He wasn't trying to disrespect them. He said, I lost focus. And the way these men risked their lives, Father, this is to honor and glory to you. I pour it out to you. He believed that the great sacrifice of these men could only um, be honored by giving the water to the Lord. David's example teaches us that when you are out of focus, you lose sight of what's most important. When you are out of focus, you lose sight of what's most important. See, David lost sight for a moment of his assignment. and His response reminds us that we must quickly and completely turn around and turn back to the Lord when we lose focus. You can't stay there wallowing. You can't stay there in shame. There is no condemnation for those that are in Christ Jesus. Get back up, turn around, get back into focus. Amen? Listen, you know, t- we put too much attention on, oh, well, they mess. Listen, we're all going to fall short. Thank, but thank God he doesn't. And he picks up where we can't. It's the only way we can complete our assigned purpose and live in the fullness of what God has in store, in store for us when we completely turn around and get back to focus. You know, you can choose comfort. I mean, I'm sorry, you can't choose comfort and expect the impact of God's eternal purposes and promises. We can't choose comfort. If, if God, when he called us out, and Pastor Jose and I, we're like, well, we're really comfortable right here at this church, and we're doing ministry already, so no, God, we don't want to do it. I would, we would have never encountered all the beautiful people and all that God has for us here. Who knows? We probably will maybe not even in, in ministry anymore. I can't miss that. Whether you know it or not, God not only has a good plan for you, he also has a winning plan for the remainder of your life. He has a winning plan. A lot of people, they, they, you know, they, they, they say, oh, Pastor Ned, I wish I would have known this when I was younger. And I'm like, but you know it now, so run with it. Don't, don't wallow and, oh, because I didn't know it. Maybe, you know, that wasn't your walk. Now you have it. Run. It's his promise to you. He has a good plan. Find out what the plan is. See, David could have easily missed out on the victories that lay ahead of him. And some of you might be saying, well, I wish I knew the plan. I wish I knew the plan. Well, then let me ask you a question. Why don't you? Why don't you know the plan? Have you ever thought that maybe you've been looking to the wrong faces, places, and um, spaces for it. Sometimes we start looking to the wrong people, the wrong places, and the wrong, you know, atmosphere, the wrong environment for God's plan. We go to people to confirm and reconfirm and confirm and confirm that confirmation and confirm that one to confirm the other one and confirm. Like, for what? God's word is God's word. That's why I love Pastor Jose. We are total opposites. I was sharing with, with the congregation. I said, he's not here. I could talk about him. Amen. In a good way, in a good way. My husband is very like, God says it, like it's boom, right? And then, you know, me, I'm like, oh, my God, God is talking to me through the commercial. Right? The movie, oh, my God, God is talking to me, right? But Pastor says, like, you are, like, nuts, lady. <laughs> but he's like that. He's just very straightforward or whatever. But, you know, we got to be like that sometimes. Like, God, you know, we sing about it, 
you said it, I believe it, you know, you said it, it is done. But then he goes and he says it to you, be like, I don't know, God, I need the confirmation. <laughs> Come on, we can laugh at ourselves, right? Stop looking in these wrong faces and places and spaces. You know, this, God's word is good. God's word is true. It would always point you to truth. And this scripture right now that I'm about to read to you, it transformed my life. At a point where, you know, and I'll share with you, God had spoken to me, and between the speaking to me and it getting to happen, a lot of things happened in between. And I was in one of the, like, I would say lowest parts. I was just like, young adult, God, where are you? You know, one of those. <laughs> been there? Anybody else been there? <laughs> God, why is this not happening? What's going on? And, and God gave me the scripture, and I'm going to give you more details about that. Jeremiah 29, 11 through 13. And we've read this, and we've, you see it on posters, on T-shirts, on everything. But I think we're missing something from this scripture. And allow this scripture to speak to your heart this morning. More than just a scripture that everybody quotes. It has to be personal for you. And Jeremiah 29, 11 13 through 13 says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to prosper you, not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. Then you will call on me and come and pray to me, and I will listen to you. You will seek me and find me when you seek me with half of your heart. See, I wanted to test you, see if you were listening. With all of your heart. See, this is what God was. See, I was, I was seeking God, but with not with all of my heart. My heart was divided into other things. Now, he had spoken to me as a teenager. Teenager, listen up. God speaks. He listens to you. I had cried out the night before. I've shared this story so many times with the women. I the night before, I'm in my bedroom, cried out because I wanted a boyfriend. It wasn't a heavy revy. It wasn't like I wanted more of you, God. I want a boyfriend. I'm being honest tell on myself and then I'm complaining to God because but God and like if I know what God's gonna tell me and I'm like God and I know but the I don't like the boys in the church they're not cute sorry that was my conversation with God as a teenager and I said and the cute ones are taken and I don't want was she already no I want a boyfriend this is my conversation that's how I talked to God we, we kept it real I was from the Bronx okay we kept it real <laughs> And I go to bed, and the next day, God heard me. Be careful when you pray like that. Seriously. <laughs> because you never know when God's going to just stop a service and talk to you and answer you in front of 700 people. <laughs> like, God could have been private between you and I. No. He wanted to get my attention, and he said, he told, the pastor stopped the service, calls me up in the front as well. I'm like, oh, I'm shaking in my boots. Father, forgive me whatever I have done. I repent of all my, you know, I'm like going through the whole thing in my mind. What did you do, Annette? What did you do? And he tells me, God, the Lord says he has a man for you, not a boy. The next day, the next day, that 
pastor was not in my bedroom with me. He did not, he did not know what I had spoken to God about. He did not know, but God knew. And God was showing me something. I listened to you. You're focused on the wrong thing. Because you're on assignment. You see, I couldn't have just any boyfriend for you young people and you single people. You can't have just anybody because you're on assignment. And when you're on assignment, you got to fix your thoughts on him. He'll bring the right one to you at the time. Come on. And he was getting my attention to put me back on track. So from the moment he said that, and, and he also said, you and that, and that man are going to be used greatly. Now, today I had a revelation. Even today, I had a revelation about just that through us uh, in worship and first service. I'm standing back there and I'm just worshiping God. And, and I'm thinking about, you know, I'm going to preach this about focus and, and about how faithful and your promises and your good plans. And the Lord tells me, where's your husband? I said, he's preaching up in Norway. He goes, a Norway church. And he goes, and where are you? He goes, and I'm here and I'm preaching. He said, and didn't that tell you you would touch many lives? <laughs> See, my plans are good. And I'm sitting there now, I'm bawling, and I'm coming up here, and I'm like, oh, you guys know me. I'm a crybaby. Oh, God. Because he's faithful. There's an assignment. Now, what I wanted was to go with my husband. My, so when Pastor Jose came to me, he said, oh, I, listen, Pastor Buddy, he, you know, he asked me to go preach at his church. I'm like, yay, okay, where are we going? What's going on? How are you doing this? And I'm ready to pack the bags and go for the day. He goes, you're not going. You got to prove. I'm like, wait, 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 I'm not going. We're ready. We're a team. We go together. My longing was to be with him. My assignment is to be here today. See the difference? There could be a longing, but make sure that's on your assignment. See, my assignment was to bring this word to you today, to those that are hearing, because the anointing was on me to bring it today. Amen? That's how God worked. I could miss what God had if I went with my longing. Now, Pastor Jose is a good man of God. He's like, nope, sweetie, you're going back. <laughs> you're here. See, the plan that he has for your life has been and always will only be found in God. He has it, designed it, and wants to reveal it to you. According to, this, to these verses, man, it's a good plan. Do you read what he, listen, he's telling you personally. These words, so let me get back to my story. So, so I'm here, I get that word. Now I'm a young adult, and in between the word and here, things happened. I was against the ropes at times. The enemy was sending things to try to, you know, take me out, devour me. So I'm a young woman in my 20s. I'm only 25. That was five years ago. <laughs> Just kidding. And I find myself in a place where I'm questioning and I'm just like, God, where are you? Things are not working out, you know, all these things. And they invite me to this woman's gathering. And I was like, oh, I don't want to go. And my best friend, she was like, come on, come. You'll be blessed. You need it. Get out. I was like, okay, I'll go. You know, one of those that you just go in just because you just want to be nice to your friend. I'm being honest. So I went. And I'm sitting there, and they were talking, and it was great, and I was getting stuff, and I was enjoying the fellowship somewhat, because in my mind, I wasn't focused. 
And then all of a sudden, at the end, they put some worship, and they were praying, and they prayed for me. And she hands out these gifts. And I get the gift, and I was like, wow, thank you so much. And when I opened the gift, she told all the ladies, open it. And when we o- I opened it, it was this scripture in a, um, in a picture frame. And when I read it, when I looked, when I'm telling you, I can remember th- where I was sitting. I remember the house. I remember everything like it was yesterday. That's the impact this word had on me. And when I read it, those words jumped out on the page. And all of a sudden, from that time when God has spoken to me, to right then and there, everything came back into focus. That's what God's word can do for you. I read it and I knew that I knew that I knew that I knew. Beforehand, I I read it and I was like, yeah, God has plans. But that moment, I knew that I knew that God had a plan for my life. Something different happened. It wasn't just word. It was life. You know, the word says, the the Bible says in John 1, the word became flesh. It's flesh. It's life. It nourished me. And the Lord told me, I have plans not to prosper, I mean, not to harm you, but to prosper you. And everything came back into focus. Man, This word gives you hope. It leads you to a, sh- a sure future. But if you are to, disco- are to discover it, you must call on him, come to him, and turn to him in prayer. Today's your day. Maybe you, you haven't done that up to, up to this day. Today is your day. If you're watching, today is your day. Let go of, tomorrow, of yesterday and what happened and just hold on hope today. He has a good plan for you. When you make the decision to call on God instead of calling on people, he answers you. He hears you. You know, one of the reasons why we choose alternate, uh, alternatives to God, remember Pastor Zay was, was sharing that last week where he said we look to the left and look to the right. I like to call that al- al- an alternate, um, alternative gods. We make people gods. We care more about what people think or say than God's word does or God himself. And when you've got these alternative little gods with little Gs, let me tell you, they can't add nothing to you. But when, you know, and, and the reason why sometimes that we turn to that is because we've become comfortable with that. Because it's what we knew before we knew God. But now I'm here to tell you, you know God. The great I am. The one that has the plan. And today you can break free from your alternative gods. If you will choose to focus with all your heart and and in your search to know him. Look what Jeremiah 29, 14 says. I will be found by you, declares the Lord. And will bring you back from captivity. See, from the moment God spoke the word to the time when I was a young adult and finally realized what God was speaking into my life, the enemy was trying to bring me back to captivity where God has set me free from. And that's what he does to, to you and I and everybody. He'll try to bring you back to the place of captivity, the back to the place where you're not focused, back to the place where you question God and question the plans and question what am I doing and what, what's happening and why is this happening? And God doesn't want you to work, walk that way. He wants you to focus your eyes on him. It's why I say this all the time and I pray this. Fix your eyes on him, the author and finisher of your faith. 
Now you understand why I declare that over you? Every single time that, the, that your eyes would be enlightened to the understanding of his word. And this is where we got to get back in focus. There's a lot of things, ladies and gentlemen, I know a lot of things going on in this world right now. Sickness, death, you know, just lack. People not, not having enough. Prices are outrageous. Things going on politically, socially, neighborhoods. I mean, this is so much. But what do else do you expect from a world that has no hope in itself? And how can we look just like them when we have the hope of glory? We have the hope in us. See, there are lessons um, from David on remaining focused. I want to, I want to, I want to, help you today. When you fix your thoughts on God, God fixes you. Isn't that awesome? David was the only man who God testified to be a man after his heart. And then people hear that and they think that David was perfect. David was not perfect. Go read the story. <laughs> you will see that, man, this, this guy, he had much blood on his hands. He lied, he connived, he attempted to cut corners, and he even committed adultery. And yet, God called him a man after his heart. Why? Why would God do that? It was because David frequently fixed his thoughts upon the Lord. He went back to center. God isn't asking us to be perfect ourselves or change ourselves because that's the work of the Holy Spirit in you. And sometimes we're acting, we're trying to act like the Holy Spirit, not only for ourselves, but for other people. Stop acting like the Holy Spirit for other people. Holy Spirit knows how to do his job. He does it perfectly and so well. We're looking at everybody else and you're out of focus yourself. Get back in focus. You ask the Holy Spirit to work in you. That's my prayer all the time. You know, I don't need to look at nobody else. I'm a handful, just me. <laughs> Get me back in focus, amen. God is asking um, us to fix our thoughts upon him. When your thoughts are fixed on the Lord, you're cent you center your reasoning and decisions upon his ways, which leads us to following his ways. It changes you. Listen, here at Church at the Bridge, Pastor Jose and I, man, we, I could tell you this. Honestly, my family could tell you. Matter of fact, I mean, you guys see him now. He's posting all these videos of himself. I go downstairs, and, like, I have uh, the way my family room is. I have these doors that are open, and then I have this pocket door. I come the other day, and I'm like, wait, both doors are closed. He's recording. <laughs> but you know what? He's there every morning. He's sitting there, right there where you see him, studying the word. Not just for you to give it to you, but for himself. Getting the word. We advocate constantly study God's word. Why? The intake of God's word will impact the output of your life. The intake of it. If you're not intaking of it, how can there be any output of it? You have to intake of it. Now, if you have never started, start small. Take the scriptures that I'm giving you today. Take the word. Go back. Listen to it. Practice this. It's like practicing driving and riding a bike, and you got to practice it. And this is for the young people too, parents. You, you know, we live in a world. 
I'm going to talk about it because we got we to gotta stop, man. We got to really, like, these young kids are getting lost in all this um, online stuff and, 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 and video games and that gaming with the, you know, with the, with the computer and all that. I'm not saying anything wrong with that, but if they're doing more of that and they're locking themselves in their rooms and you have no clue what's going on, there's a problem. Teach your kids the word. Bring them out sometimes. Sit with them. This is for them too, teenagers. I'm going to put it on you too. You have a responsibility as well. You have to seek God for you. God has no stepchildren. He only has children. You cannot ride on, you cannot ride on your mom and dad's coattails. You have to have a personal relationship with God for you. God wants to speak to you. I share these stories because as a teenager, God spoke to me. He used me greatly. I love what it says. I believe it's in, in 2 Timothy. He says, don't let them despise you because of your youth. Because you're young, there's no excuse. I was the one that I was in church, and I was listening to God's word. And when I was listening, I would go back to, to, to school. And this is high school. And I would sit there, and I would wait for somebody to say something. Like, I'm sick. You're sick? Oh, can I pray for you? And I would put it in practice. And I wasn't ashamed of God. Because he wasn't ashamed of me. So listen, if you're spending so much time on your video games and your phones and your TikToks and all that and your whatever, there's nothing wrong with that in itself as long as you're not doing nothing bad. Let's let's not get it twisted. But if you don't spend any time with God, how is God going to lead you? How is God going to show you his plans for your life? So I really felt to share that with the young people. Young people need to hear this. They're our future of where God is raising up the next generation of, of young ones to take this on. Listen, guys, and I'm talking to the young. I just really feel this in my heart. I, I mean, one day I'll be gone with the Lord. And if he hasn't come back, you know, then and, you know, some of us will be gone. You're here. Where are you going to take this gospel? What are you going to do with it? How will you allow God to impact others through your life, through your testimonies? We're counting on you to carry this on, passing the torch, passing the baton. You're next. You're up. I hope this this stirs a fire in you. Because I want to see you surpass us. Using technology, using what God has given you, using your gifts and talents for God's glory. Let's encourage these young people. Let's not just look down to them. Let's, let's lift them up. Let's lift them up. Come on, it's time, church. It's time. Let's give the Holy Spirit something to work with. Isaiah 26, uh, verse 3 says, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. As we see here, when you focus, when your focus is fixed on God, it fixes your life because it creates a shield around you that keeps you in complete peace. It's like the story when Jesus was in the boat and it was, he had told them, well, Let's go to the other side. Now, here's Jesus, number one. He's there. He tells them, we're going to the other side. They get in the boat. Jesus goes to sleep because what's the assignment? 
they're going to the other side to do whatever they got to do over there. Jesus is completely um, trusting the Father. They're in the boat, and then all of a sudden, a storm comes. And what happened? They lost focus on, number one, what Jesus said, and number two, that Jesus is right there. It happens to us. So here what happens. Jesus gets up. He quiets the storm. But they, they lost the sight. They lost sight on what he said. If Jesus, you know, and, and, and it's like what I said earlier. We, or maybe I said it first service. I don't know. They all get jumbled up together. We sing about it. We like, oh, you said it. I believe it. And then he says it. Ah, I don't know. What are we doing? But you just sang that he said it. You believe it. Either God's word is true and you take the whole truth and nothing but the truth. Because you can't take half of it and make it fit to what you want. And then, nah, I don't want that, so I'm going to leave that. No, it's the whole truth. His word is truth. If he said it in the word, you can bank on it. You can take it. You can stand on it. It is going to happen. It is going to be like he said. No questions asked. I've, I don't doubt God, man. I've been there, done that, and whoo, I don't want to do that again. So I go, God, I know you're going to do it. Maybe not on my time frame, but I know that I know that I know because you are the one that knows. So I trust him at his word. See, they weren't in peace because they lost focus on the one who was. It's the reason why Jesus was the only one that could calm that storm. Imagine if they would have rose up and said, wait, he said we were going to the side, guys. So guess what? We're going. And they would have spoken to the storm. You must starve your distractions and feed your focus. Starve your distractions and feed your focus. See, while David's longing wasn't for anything particularly bad, it was a distraction to his current assignment. It's the same thing with us. Maybe what you're longing for, I was longing for my husband to go away and go preach and go see another church and see other people. Nothing bad. That wasn't my assignment. David made a wise choice. He starved the longing that distracted his calling. I know it's hard to cut things off and people off and TV off. You know, I got to say something, man, about t just television in general. And I know I always, I, every now and then I'll get up here and I talk about all these TV. I really hardly can watch anything now. I really can't hardly watch anything. The show, it, it, you know, it'll be a good show and I'm getting into it and then boom, here they go with something. And I go, my, my daughter laughs. I go, there it goes. I can't watch that show no more. I'm not going to compromise, and, and, and I'll, I'll try to, and then it's just like that. It just leaves such a distaste in my mouth. I, I just can't. doesn't work. That's why I got to go back to, like, war movies and stuff. <laughs> just kill the enemy, and let's get it over with. Stop the drama. You know what I mean? Like, just, just cowboys and Indians. I don't know anything, anything, anything that just, like, I don't know. Right? So just be careful what you're watching. I don't know why I said that, but maybe somebody needs to say here. <laughs> You're losing focus. You're feeding on distractions. And then we wonder why the world doesn't believe in the church and the power that the church has. Because there's power within us. But if we look just like the world, then what's the point? 
David could have easily just taken the drink of water. But David's act was more than pouring out the water. Uh, act was, was about more than just pouring out the water. David was killing the longing that had become a distraction to his current assignment. He was pouring it out as a sacrifice to the Lord. David fed his focus for the assignment that God had placed before him. Come on, feed your focus. Think about this. Another quick little story. The blind man at Bethsaida. Here's, and then we don't really have a lot of time to read it, but the blind man was brought to Jesus as he passed through. And Bethsaida is a place of great unbelief. And they just wanted him to be healed. And so, you know, Jesus did heal him, but he had to pray twice. Twice. Now, why? Why? Let's look at Mark 8, 20, um, 8, Mark 8, verse 23, the first part. He took the blind man by the hand and led him outside the village. He had to lead him out of the place of unbelief in order for the miracle to happen. Jesus knew that the only way to get him to the place of healing was to get him out of Bethsaida so he can get Bethsaida out of him. Get Bethsaida out of you. Get that unbelief out. The only way is to cut the distractions and feed your focus. You want to see the goodness of God in the land of the living and do what God's word says that you can? Anybody want to see that? Then you must get anything and everything out of the way. Everything and anything and everyone. And everyone that distracts and detracts you from your focus upon loving God, following God's way, and doing what God has anointed you for. Oh, but I love him. I love her. You don't know. Do you love him more than God? Oh, but I love that. Oh, that job that continue has you having you compromise. At the end of the day, I want to share this with you teenagers, young adults, adults, your focus is your responsibility. We, we, we put this always back on God. God, help me. God, you do this to me. Like, he is not your puppet master. He's not looking for puppets to just, like, tell you. He's looking for those that love him, serving him out of their heart. He wants a relationship. That's why I love that line in that song, I want to sit at your feet, drink from the cup of your hand. Every time I, I, we sing that and, and they do that, it, just, it, it reminds me of intimacy with God. You're not going to let just anyone sit that close to you. You're not just letting anyone just drink out of the cup of your hand. I mean, you're friendly, but I don't think you're that friendly. Only somebody that you have an intimate relationship with, a loving, caring relationship, will you allow to just come and sit. 
And that's what God is looking for. So you, your focus is your responsibility. He's not going to force it on you. He's already provided the way. You have to grab hold of his word, believe him at his word, trust him, and follow him. Following him is not an easy road. I'm going to tell you right now. It's not peaches and cream and la, la, la. It's going to be all great. There's some t- decisions that have to be made. Listen, Pastor and I know. We've cut some people off in our, in our journey, in our walk. And not necessarily bad people. It's just people that were going in the opposite direction. Doesn't mean if I see them, I don't love on them, hi, whatever. I'm not saying I'm going to be mean to them. But I just had to cut off that relationship because it wasn't taking me a- into the promises and the assignment that God had. It was taking me opposite. And those could be the hardest because sometimes we get attached to people. But I'm telling you right now, I'm more attached to God, to God than to people. I've learned that after so many years. Father, I love you so much. I'm honored to do your will. That if you told me today, let that go, I'll let it go. I have no problem with letting things go. No problem. I've learned some things. He's proven himself. Hey, everybody. Thank you so much for joining us here at Church of the Bridge today. I pray that you had a personal encounter with God, that he spoke to you powerfully, and that he met you at your place of need with this message. I also want to encourage you to go ahead and subscribe to our YouTube page. By doing so, you'll be able to check out past messages, uh, past events that we've done. You'll also be able to see what's happening now and those things that are to come. And lastly, I'd like to invite you to join with us in all that God is doing with your giving. Feel free to do so on our website. Again, thank you again for joining us, and I can't wait to connect with you next week.